just for the listeners, edification. I asked Nancy if we could do a short, another short little uh, conversation about C60 and why is C60 important and how does the C60 in Shungite differ from other forms of C60? So go ahead, Nancy. Okay, the, the C60 molecules is simply a molecule in the shape of a soccer ball that is created by 60 atoms of carbon. That's the C60. Mm-hmm. So whether it's naturally made or a lab-made one, the fact of the matter is the structure of it is the same. Okay. But the difference between C60 in shungite and C60 in a lab is like if you used uh, very, very thin plywood to buy to build your your structure, your house, compared to an inch of plywood to, mm-hmm. you know, it, mm-hmm. it's it's different. You know, um, the, the it comes down to well, where'd you get the atoms? Where mm-hmm. did all this start? And C60 in Shungite was created as it came from wherever it started through the cosmic interstellar space. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's a meteorite. It's some kind of a, a, a meteor. A meteor is what's out there in space. A meteorite is what happens to it when it enters the atmosphere. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the difference. Okay. Uh, so you got this big clunk of carbon. <laughs> It came from someplace, but as it's traveling through the cosmos, through interstellar space, it is being affected by, now think, don't think in terms so much of molecules as the energy that is creating the atoms, that's creating the molecule. And so the energy, the basic energy that the C60, even if it was completely built all at once, okay? Mm Mm-hmm it's still going to be affected energetically because that's just what we call energology, the study of energy, is that when you've got a frequency that is similar to, very similar to another frequency being emitted someplace else, those frequencies are going to affect each other. Uh, The easiest way to think of resonance is if you had two guitars uh, leaned up against walls on the opposite side of of a room, and you went over and you hit one string, boing, mm-hmm. at the far other side, that other string on that particular second guitar would start to vibrate. Right. If you have a piano, and you, you can open it up. You know, when some of the older ones, you can open them up and you can look at the keys and the, and the strings and everything. If you hit the middle C, there every single C will begin to vibrate. That string will vibrate. It's not something that we can pick up with our ears, mm. but it can be measured. And that's just a, that's just what enterology talks about, the relationship of energies. So when you're going through the cosmos and you're going by, you know, all sorts of worlds and stars and, you know, who knows how far it came to get to Earth, um, you're, you're having an effect on that, on that Shungite, Okay. On, on the C60s inside what becomes Shungite. Because what happened is that two and a half billion years ago, it hit the surface of the Earth. And so 
and it's got a, a tremendous amount of C60 molecules in it. It, it. When it hit, it was hit mostly a molten kind of a surface. So it never made a big cav cavity. It just sort of in the top of the ground. And the way they mine is they take bulldozers and just mine it, strip mine it. Oh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It's not like you're digging down in the earth. This is something that's sitting on top of the earth. And it's so you've got this great big hunk of stuff that hit the earth. And there's more C60s in it than anywhere else in the world. But there's no place else in the world that has any C60s comparable. You've got a couple of meteorite strikes, craters where C60s have been found. There is a, a, a lightning that I hit in Colorado that with the, with the ground, whatever was the ground was made of, created C60 molecules. Not, not very many of them, but enough to be able to be traceable. The C60 that you make in a lab, you basically take carbon and I think they've got other ways of doing it, but but, but the original way was you, you take C60 as a carbon and you just heat it to, you know, I don't remember the heat, but high, you're mm -hmm. heating it so it's, you know, turning red. And when that begins to essentially go into a soot state, that's when you find C60s. That's how they get C60 in a lab. Oh, okay. okay. But again... Again, all you're doing is taking an atom of carbon and you are putting it to, uh, to in, into an environment where the, I mean, a molecule of carbon, and, but you're, you're taking it to, to this point where everything begins to heat up and therefore change from a, a 3D molecular state. And at that point, now you begin to see the C60 molecules, the little atoms of C60 of carbon now are forming into the to the C60 molecules out of whatever carbon it had started from. So that's happening in a lab. Well, if I'm right about enterology and about resonance and, and you know what happens, what you got there is, yeah, you're making a C60 and a C60 is gonna be just as you know energetic as it is in the in the Shanghai, you're making a C60 that's surrounded by artificial everything, including people. Mm. But the people are putting out energies. Now, if you're not, if the if a group of lamas or Buddhist monks were making it, maybe I'd say, well, maybe we'll try it. But no, that's not what's happening. You have average people who might not be having a good day, right. and that's the energy. These things are being birthed in, in instead of the the powerhouse of the cosmic realm. And the reason, when I first got into Shanghai, there was two two thoughts. One that it's it's a meteorite. Another one is that it was um, a result of a vegetation that uh, disintegrates and then creates a carbon situation that became shungite you know that that mm -hmm. process that takes mm -hmm. thousands of years mm -hmm. if more probably more um but if that was true well the reason that they kind of went to that was that the first vestiges of life and i'm not saying human life i'm saying vestiges of life on the planet can be traced back to that same area mm. so their idea was this is the first place that life started so it's, you know, it had a longer time to create this shungite that 
it, n none of it made any sense to me. And then I found that NASA, I think it was in 2014, although I never saw the report until later, um, decided that the C60 molecule was the most prevalent molecule in interstellar space. Oh wow! So, so if you if you if you got more C60, of course they didn't know that there was C60 in it when they were talking like that. But if you got something that could that is got, got the only C60 on the planet, right? Mm -hmm. Basically, naturally, um, and NASA's telling you that that's the most prevalent molecule in interstellar space. Well, why would you think anything else mm -hmm. except that well it came from came through the space that's filled with C60, and it brought C60 to Earth. Mm -hmm. Well, that does make sense, I think. I hope. I <laughs> <laughs> hope well, I explained it. Cool. Um, no, that's great. Uh, we, Thank uh, you. Okay, we've, we've had a lot of people, um, you know, play with C60 that understood C60 compared to Shungite, and they're, everybody reacted the same way. Oh, no. Keep that away from me, hmm. um, because to to stabilize it and to deliver it as a delivery thing, they're using oils, and those oils can go rancid. And people aren't thinking in terms of that, just at a three D level. Yeah, you might have something really nice captured, but if you wait too long, you, what the, the stuff you're drinking is going to be very bad for you. And how do you guarantee any of that? Do you trust manufacturers? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't. I uh, trust well, mama you know, yeah, nature. That that's understandable. The um the C sixty that I've been using from uh uh Fuller Life C sixty is it's water soluble, it's not in oil, and it's on um uh actually one of the uh the people uh who worked with uh, Buck Bucky Fuller um is part of this company. And they're on little, um, little. Uh, what do I want to call them? You know how those little strips that dissolve in your mouth, like for a breath freshener or whatever. Um, yes, yes, they're, yes. Yeah, they're on those, so they're water soluble, and you just put a little strip in your mouth, and uh, actually, it's good to you know, like put it up against your mucous membrane, so it'll go into your system that way. So that's the one that I prefer. I I've never been drawn to the one that the ones that are in oil of some sort, but I think the water soluble one, if you're going to take uh, take a C60, is much better. Hey, why, why Why do you? What what does a C60 give you? Uh, my understanding is that it it helps pull toxins out of the body. Okay, that that would be erroneous. Ah, it's, uh, because because of okay. What it all right? Look, what's an antioxidant? Um, is something that uh, prevents oxidation. Okay. So, but you, you, I mean, you can't give me, oh, this is an antioxidant over here on this shelf and you can buy this. It, it's it's a, a functioning of something, but nobody's really sure what. In many cases, they can say, well, if you drink a lot of vitamin C, it's an antioxidant because they see the relationship of something happening with the oxygen when you've got a lot of, or enough C in your body. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm asking you if you know more about it than I do, because I've never got a clear understanding of what they mean when they say it's an antioxidant, because it, the, the effect is an antioxidant. So they, they one, oh gosh, it was one of these big, big research projects, again, before 2014, with Russian uh, researchers that got together to try to figure out what was what was it about the shungite that kept the water in the in the if shungite's in the water in the lakes and everything it's pristine and why does it seem to be healing and so they they got all doing their own research they get together and the conclusion was that well shungite's an antioxidant <laughs> oh you know? see my understanding was more that as opposed to an antioxidant that it's more that it's pulling like heavy metals and and um you know no out no that's not happening i know that's what they might be saying okay mm-hmm. but they're not looking at it from a standpoint of energy all right okay. now what what actually what's actually happening is that the c60 molecule has an incredibly powerful spin it's a big molecule you can put a water molecule inside of it and one of the the things that it's being looked at right now is a carrier for all sorts of things because you see a c60 molecule is like an envelope okay that soccer ball has an interior Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until they started looking at the c60 that they even knew there was such a molecule Mm -hmm. all right this is a a side off from when they they said what can we make that would be made in interstellar space is what what the challenged these researchers back in 18, uh, 1989 did. And they came up with, you know, well, you probably have to have heat because the heat's going to do this, that, or the other thing, right? So they start out and they actually get this new molecule, C60, but it wasn't like no molecule they'd ever seen before. Because a molecule does not necessarily have, they're flat. Mm-hmm, you know, right, they're, right. They're, most of them are flat, you know, mm-hmm. and so there's no interior to them. And this is where you get this, the, the, the category of fullerene. And there's, you can have a C60, you can have a, uh, a there's, depending on how many atoms of carbon you've got to make a, a molecule, you can have different shapes. Like there's one that's very, it's, it's second only to the C60, and I can't even remember the number on it, but it's like a, a, an American football mm. instead of a soccer. So this has revolutionized the concept of that science. I mean, there's so many different things that are being looked at now. Um, on on Derek's site, Mystical Wares, if you go to the mysticalwares.com, the first part of the page is on Shungite. And there's a FAQ section. And if you look in there, you might even have another button, but you can look in there and you're going to find reports, research reports, and he's just pulling the ones that are more, most interesting. And, but there's thousands and thousands of them. It's really it's an it's the most looked at molecule now in science. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, the only natural place you find it in any quantity is in shungite. But again, it's the energies. So you've mm-hmm. got this molecule spins, and it spins in a way that is biologically compatible with life a toxin is a toxin 
because its rotation is contrary to life. So the easiest thing to think of is that a natural biologically compatible molecule is rotating clockwise, whereas a toxin is rotating counterclockwise. Mm -hmm. okay. Just to, so you get an image in your head. So what happens is that this energy field being put out by a C60, it, it, a toxin comes into this energy field. The, and it's spinning. The toxin is spinning. All this stuff is spinning at the energy level. Mm -hmm. Okay? But it's spinning in the opposite direction. So what happens, just like if you took two tops and you brought them together, the one that's the strongest spinner is going to stop the other one. Okay? Right. That makes now, sense. In the, okay. So in the case of Shungi, when, it, when the toxin gets in there, okay, let me step back a second. One of the main things that we told you about shungite is that it affects the electromagnetic signal because the electromagnetic signal is rotating in the counterclockwise way, the way that they build it. When it hits the shungite, the shungite's C60 field, well, it, the, the C60 field is through any piece of shungite you've got, whether there's a C60 in it or not. It's part of the signature of shungite. So when it comes into the shungite field, what happens is that the electromagnetic energy that is not confined to molecules easily reverses its spin. So it's no longer, it's biocompatible now. It's no longer in its toxic opposite rotation. Mm -hmm. And it can be done and you actually improve the communications because it's more natural. Uh, your phones will work better, this type of thing. Uh, machines will last longer. Hmm. Uh, it, it, you can save money on your electric bill because everything is running efficiently. It's mm -hmm. running the way it should be, mm -hmm. the way that they made it. So, but no problem. If you've got a toxic that is also rotating in the wrong direction, when it hits the shungite field, the same thing is attempted. It begins to make a change to its rotation. It can't rotate in in the power of that shungite field. So it begins to, to reverse the rotation, but it's a toxin, it's a molecule, it's not a wave. And what happens is it loses uh, uh, molecular, co molecular cohesion, the sticking together of all those atoms, those you know atoms that are out there that are the toxic atoms, all right? Mm -hmm. And they just fall into atoms and disappear. There is no absorption. And this is what's getting, you know, it's so frustrating. We've been saying this for 10 years now. There is no absorption. And the way that I am absolutely, I, I knew that from seeing what, what I was seeing. And, you know, well, Walt Silva, he he um, he took a, a, a canister that from one of those under the sink uh, purifiers, water mm -hmm. purifiers that has in it. Mm -hmm. And he took that out and he put it in Shungite. You know, the powder. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, it, it was the coarser powder, but it was powder. And he puts that back into his sink thing, okay? Mm -hmm. That was like eight years ago. He's never had to change out the carbon, the, the mm. shungite. Nice. It does not absorb. Like carbon absorbs until, until the stuff is so putrid, you wouldn't want to drink anything that it touched it. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's... That, that's that that's what's happening with the with the the toxins. So when they say they're telling you that the C60 is 
somehow absorb. What was the word you used? Did you use absorbing or? No, I, I didn't. Oh, so, okay. So I was just looking at the, I found the flyer from the C60. So I was wrong. It, it is, they are saying it's an antioxidant that, and, and that, that what it's doing is neutralizing free radicals. Well, see, again, I'm not sure. Have you ever seen a definition of what a free radical is, except for what it does? Um, if a well, free radical is a... If, if, if free a free radical, radical is loose, has... Uh, my understanding is a free radical um, has, isn't... A, it's not a stable molecule, and... Oh, here's my dog. Um, it's not a stable molecule, and it's, it's missing, uh, missing an atom of some sort. And that the antioxidant donates an atom so that it becomes a stable molecule, I think. Don't quote me, but that's what I think. I'm that sounds reading. kind of reasonable as a theory. But to me, to me, and everything that I've seen, it's it's a matter that anything that's a, it's not rotating in a biocompatible way, when it a toxin hits the shungite, it falls into atoms. So whatever way they're describing what they're seeing of these, you know, radical things, you know, I, all I can tell you is that that's not, they, they, they may be getting the same effects, okay, mm -hmm. but they, they don't understand the energy behind it. Mm -hmm. They keep mm -hmm. trying to get the structure of the 3D in the terms of atoms and molecules. I look at the atoms and molecules as way, as designating an energy field. Got it. Mm -hmm. I look energy, not, not what's happening in that 3D. And like I say, every time I've looked at this, I have never heard anybody or read anything that really defines what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. They're talking about X. But, you know, what is it? What is it? You know, this stuff that you, you know, antioxidants and rat, what do they call them? Radicals? Free radicals. What is, what is that? Free radicals. Yeah, free radicals. Mm -hmm. Please, can you put put some in front of me so I can take a picture of it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 I do. Interesting. So yeah, so you see effects and you think that that's demonstrative of a, of a physical structure, but maybe it's just energy. Hmm. And that, I get frustrated because I hear I hear some of the most brilliant people, so some of the they really do understand things, but they miss the concept of, of energy. Mm -hmm. And we're talking just a C60 here, but by missing that energy connection that everything starts out with energy, right. you're missing the true magic of our own existence, which is the most powerful energy that we have is human thought and human voice. Mm -hmm. See, the Russians, when... They they looked at DNA. They, the, the West looks at DNA and they use 10% of the DNA because that's the only thing that seems to be mattering to anything. So they study the DNA, 10% of the DNA. The Russians went, uh, it didn't make sense. And so they study the rest of it and they study it as a whole thing. And so they are absolutely much, much more knowledgeable about dna than the west is and the west even if they know it aren't going to tell you anyway mm -hmm. so uh what the russians are saying is that they have discovered that the number one most powerful thing that can change dna is the human voice 
Oh. Interesting. Yeah. So when someone's screaming at somebody, you're actually affecting your DNA and everybody else's DNA in that room. If you're putting out love, you're putting out DNA, you're putting out a love frequency that will help heal your DNA. It's as simple as that. Interesting. And of course, since Karen and I both use the Genius Bioresonance uh, software to help people, the main, the, the main way uh, that it analyzes what's going on with you is through your voice. So I'm just kind of making that connection. Interesting. I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I've studied some people that have used the voice and the human voice, you know. I don't know that much about it, but I do know that the Russians say that that's the number one way to change DNA. Hmm. Wow, that's and I trust the Russians. Mm-hmm. They're scientists in this in this category of learning are the best there ever was. When I was an electronic warfare officer for the U.S. government in the seventies, mm-hmm. the my job was to figure out what the Russians were doing on a, an electronic battlefield, and they were well. My findings, I said. You're not going to let it said I told this to the head of the American intelligence army community and I said dude you're not going to last 20 minutes in a in a, a German scenario with a Russian military and they all freaked out <laughs> and it turned they they actually hired an outside think tank to confirm what I had presented to them and um, they spent over a million dollars confirming what I had said it, that wow. that's how that's how far advanced the Russian uh, were in what's called you know electronic warfare, hmm. and it goes not just in electron. I mean, they can make a weapon out of anything, but they have studied. They know what we know is re- regarding all of the predecessor scientists that have gotten into this. I mean, I don't know if you know about um, uh, there's Reich and there's Rife. Reich is yep. Wilhelm Reich that was in mm-hmm. the 50s. Reich is somebody that was in the 30s. And he was a, um, he worked with cameras. He was working with being able to see viruses and stuff using, you know, really scientific technical camera work. That was where he started out. But he began to um, realize that he could cert- destroy certain like viruses and bacteria by changing energy frequencies mm-hmm. by subjecting mm-hmm. them to different energies and he had they wanted him to test it on humans remember we're talking the 30s mm-hmm. so everything lot lacks um and he said i'll only do it if you you have the best in the business you know execute the testing you know so they got all these really you know well certified doctors to take six people who were dying of cancers different cancers and just by changing putting them on a a frequency modulator for you know like three minutes a day for three days the cancer was gone yeah it everything is about energy and frequency right i mean that's that's why i love doing the work that i do with the genius because it's all about frequencies and and it's 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 amazing stuff Yep, but you know, I don't like. I say, the water soluble C60 that you're using. I'm not saying that it's bad. I haven't you know touched it or anything, but you do have the problem that it's not celestially made, mm-hmm. which 
in terms of energy makes a difference, makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. We know that shungite is able to do things that certainly a bottle of C60 can. Mm -hmm. Like there is a sentience being that is associated with shungite. And I don't think we have the time to get into that, but in the concept of metaphysics and energy, shungite goes way, way beyond any molecule. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Nancy. I really, I, you know, we, we got into quite a bit of stuff here. I, I may end up having to uh, make three, <laughs> three separate. Okay. Well, all right. Well, listen, as long as, as long as we've, you know, done this, you got a, another 10 minutes or whatever? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Let's just talk about that concept of the Maui fires. Mm. And I said that I thought it was direct energy weapons that was involved in them. Mm -hmm. And because, and I gave pretty good reasons why. And then you uh, sent me a a video, and I can't even, I'm spacing out, uh, Dane uh, Wiggly? Oh, oh, uh, Wiggington. He's the geoengineering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Was talking in terms of, that it was a weather modulating event. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my scientist started picking that p- apart right away as soon as he heard it mm-hmm. because of the way that he was saying it, Dane was saying it. I, on the other hand, sa- said to my scientist, well, you don't know what data he may have. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Oh, yeah. I said, so don't put him down. I said, listen to what he's saying, you know, and, you know, if you're, you're asking me questions I can't answer because I don't know what his, his database was. Uh, the fact that it could have been weather modulated, yes, absolutely. The, the weather modulation thing is is a real, real thing. John Kennedy back in summer of 63 went before the UN and said, you know, we're – the future is weather modification. We're going to be able to control the weather. He knew that back then. Wow. Okay, so uh, we could have a long conversation about that. But uh, to be honest with you, when I first heard Dane on a show, he, he, he scared the crap out of me because what are you going to do about somebody that's mo- weather modulated? I mean, it was like, oh, my God, I can't even think about this. What mm-hmm. am I supposed to do about that? Yep. But now... But now, whatever they do, we can counteract. We've got now the equipment to be able to offset any of the stuff that they're doing. And we have continually been proving it. What um, what offsets it? Well, again, going back to Wilhelm Reif, he made a cloudbuster. Mm-hmm. And a cloudbuster was an artificial communication device that could link the ground earth to the sky because that's how your your weather is modulated by nature is a communication oh you need some water okay wait a minute i'll get it for you um but with all the electromagnetic all the smog all the crap that's that's out there um those that communication is not there so that's why you you see all these weird weather events uh and plus the fact that they're they are manipulating Mm-hmm. But we, um, again, Walt Silva studied everybody that went be- before him, and he made improvements on the technology, <coughs> excuse me, 
and he has shungite in it. Mm. So powered with the shungite, which increases the organ flow, uh, chi, prana, the, the, the breath of life, you know, the, the, the very mm-hmm. essence of what really keeps us alive, not the oxygen. That's a poison to a human body, actually. But um, to, to get everything flowing the way it is, he, he did certain things that only he has, he has done. Mm-hmm. Other people make these. Nobody has made them that I know of, that I've experienced. And so um, to give you the just one example, there's um, one, and we call him the eagle. Um, because when I, I said, send me, send me, I want you to build me a cloud buster because I was so upset about the floods. I had had three floods that flooded out my house oh, in five weeks. Oh, oh my and goodness. I said, I'm this. Yeah, it was, I, you know, I get floods here, but not that often. And I was just over it and I said, send me a, a, a cloud buster. And these things are expensive. Let me put it that way. And, um, so when he sent it to me, I, I guess I, I don't know, I guess I wasn't thinking about it. He had to send it in two packages, both of them extremely heavy mm-hmm. because he has to build a bottom base and then he's got four foot tall uh, poles, eight of them coming out of it. You know, so it's this, I'll send you a picture of it. Yeah, I'd like to, because I so have it, seen some. I'd like to see a picture of this one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so... Anyway, we began to work with, with he, he'd had these, been playing with them for a long time, but now we've got seven of them around this, the states in, in Great Britain, and uh, I think there's one up near Canada or in Canada, I'm not sure, but California, I, I've got, you know, so we've got a network now of these out there, and in California, we just did a show that actually is playing today, um, they were in a, a severe drought, and the guy that is talking on the show, it's called Radio 5G, for anybody that wants to look at it, CosmicReality.com, okay. uh, for this date, whatever it is, May 30th, I mean, <laughs> August 30th. Um, and what he did was, was he works in a in a the place where you get the water from the rivers or the lakes or the reservoirs, and then he gets it to the people. That's his job, okay? Mm-hmm. okay. And he said... He said, if the, you don't have water in those things, you have to go to the wells. And he said, the wells were almost dry Oof. when they Scary. got the eagle. And he's not a woo-woo guy. When he started out, he really wasn't, I, he, but he understands what I'm talking when I'm talking energy. And so he and his wife, uh, ya- Yasmin, she and he began to work with this eagle uh, to get the water back. And now he said, we don't have a water problem. Everything is filled. Wow, that's awesome. And this isn't, this isn't a matter of, you know, a year. Mm. Wow. You know, so, I mean, we've got these kind of really big impact things that we can point to and say, you know, um, from my standpoint, I've seen a lot of storms get very close to me and just sort of like go around me. Well, you know, Nancy, that's I, I'm not surprised at all. Um, the area that I live in um, this year, tons of us doing electroculture. And um, I've got those all over my property, mostly in the garden and in the orchard, um, and wrapping copper wire around my fruit trees. And the fruit trees that I wrap the copper wire around 
stick it in the ground and then wrap about four feet up is what I was told to do. Those trees have so much fruit on them. It's crazy. And the ones that I didn't do it to aren't doing all that great. But a lot of people are doing electroculture around here. And I've noticed kind of a change in, you know, in the skies. Uh, it, it just, I'm wondering if it's doing something. Absolutely. The, you know, it's that's the thing. Is it's so easy to make a cloud buster because it's real. When you're dealing with energy, and again, we go back to thought. Thought's your most powerful energy. So one of the things that we've discovered is that if you... I'm going to send you a picture of my eagle, okay? Great. If you take that and you make a picture of it, you take a copy of it, and you print it or you put it on your screen or whatever, it's a focus to the concept of, of that energy, okay? Mm -hmm. And then you can just like we work it here. It's called the etheric doubling, and we have done this time and time again. You don't have to have the physical device Mm -hmm. Because your mind can create it, your imagination can create it, and it's just as effective. Mm, interesting. Because I was wondering, I mean, would Walt be willing to, like, do a class, like a Zoom class or something, to teach people how to make these? I would recommend him not to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but It was just a thought. My, my, because people can take off on this, okay? But if you... If you follow exactly what, what we, Walt tells you exactly how he does it, mm. he's done, you know, it's not where we're trying to hide the technology. It's nothing like that. But it's a matter of he's going to tell you what you need. Then let yourself listen to the guides that you have because everything is specific to your energy needs. Mm. Okay. So if you're following a recipe, that's a recipe for someplace else. It's not your recipe. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So is there, does he have a recording or something where he talks about? We spend hours talking about this stuff mm. on the radio. Okay. There's just hours and hours of it. Um, I mean, you could, I, I, I could set you up with him. I mean, he's, he's a great talker. I mean, he's <laughs> on every one of my, but like I say, I, I, I'm sort of like, teach people to fish. Don't, give them the fish yep and yep. sometimes when you give them the blueprint you're limiting them into that blueprint mm -hmm. we get people all the time coming to him and me you know saying i've done i've done this will you look at it no <laughs> because that's your thing mm -hmm. i don't have time to look neither does he you know so it's 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 like i say he, he he's willing to give it maybe he'll give a class you should, you should interview him. He's yeah, fascinating. I, I ask him if he would like to uh, come on the show and talk about cloud busters and related topics. I, I think that would be fun. I would enjoy it. He's he's one of these people that I, I've been. I mean, I'm t I'm talking probably twenty thousand hours of talking to this guy at least. Wow. <laughs> and. I'm sitting there, and he's all of a sudden talking about something that I've never heard him say before. <laughs> you know? Uh -huh. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me that before? <laughs> oh, I never came up in a conversation. Well, we've been talking 20,000 hours, and it never came up in a conversation. He's just, he's so much fun. He knows about things that 
if Tesla's incarnated again, it's in Walt Silver, in my opinion. Uh-huh. It's the smartest being I've ever met. Oh. Uh-huh. Obscure topics will come up, and I'll say, Walt, what do you know about blah, blah, blah? Oh, yeah, I read a book. It was titled da 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 and it was talk- written by so-and-so, and they said this. <laughs> it's... He's he's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. His dad was into books, mm-hmm. and so as a kid, and of course, you know he's 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 kind of an oddball. Mm-hmm. Walt of course, is. He'll yep. admit of course. It. Mm-hmm. You know we all are, mm-hmm. and we didn't get old, thank God. You know, yeah, thank goodness. And uh, <laughs> so he spent a lot of time with books and learning, and uh, yeah, I'll I'll mention I'll get you guys okay. contact other and you just do whatever you yep. want thank you that'll be fun well this has been a lot of fun nancy and thank you for uh this edition of information and i'm sure everybody will enjoy it anytime i'm glad to be able to talk shungite to anybody and tell you guys what we know what i know and uh let you investigate it yourselves because when we started out, it was people who just took a chance, with me particularly, and started playing with the Shungite that told us, look it, it just took care of this, it just did this, it just, and led us down that road to really come to a grasp of the awesomeness of Shungite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's good for people to know about it. Yeah, absolutely.